Anyway, that's why they call me the Biscuit. I'm Marta. Welcome to Podposition. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. And I'm joined only by one person. But only that pers- one? Only one. But that Who? person... Why? Is... What? When? I'm trying to say. It's Laura It's Laura K. Dale. What a surprise. It's, it, it's me. You <laughs> couldn't have guessed that from the voice. And also, Jim, if you're the Biscuit Armada, I'm just going to have to eat you all up. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh no, you, you did a thing accidentally and I capitalised on it oh. for humour. Abs- left left an opening and you took it. And, yeah. and we're I'll, all I'll take happy any you opening did. you leave me, Jim. Oh. That you say again with, yeah. with uh, <laughs> sex, basically. Se- sex is the thing that is we do the, jokes about quite the, a lot. That's the joke of that. Welcome to podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition, everyone. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling, and joined as always by Laura Gav. Is uh, taking a bit of a break. He's uh, basically what I what I would call a digital detox. He took the wise move to just say, you know what, fuck the internet for a bit. Uh, so, yeah. honestly, very wise. Uh, I, yeah, I should very, do the very, same very, thing. Yeah, very, 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 very wise. I think. Also, the way that you paced that sentence, it made it sound like Laura Gav was like a first and last name, and I was like. When when did this happen? Didn't didn't know about oh, that. Oh, that's that that's my fan fiction shipping. I I'm ah, sorry for that. Okay. La- Laura Gav is my favorite. This is ship. a Laura Gav ship fic, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the uh, the Laura Gav ship special. That's what this episode is, and we've done. And we've, he's not he's not here. He's not oh, no, here. everything fell apart. We will yeah. now never get to do a Laura Gav ship special. Honestly, <laughs> fucked the whole like the whole this whole podcast a failure before you've even started. It's completely fucked up. How I can you? tell. I, I can. I can tell already that this week's going to be a beautiful train wreck, and I'm so excited for it. It's, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty good. I'm. I'm feeling the energy it's today. A good time. It's. It's a good time. It's. It's quite early in the morning where I am, but as a plus side, it looks like it's going to storm. So that Ooh. puts me in a good mood. Uh, I'm, uh, Mississippi storms can be terrifying, but they're also quite cold. I. I'm in the sort of bit of like. This is this is August. This should be the height of British summer, and it's just kind of muggy and grey outside because it's England. Did I really <laughs> expect anything else? Yeah, England. England will rain. It, it'll do that. Uh, that that I remember. Um, I remember the summers can be really hot over there though, like ridiculous. But then I live very Londony. So they're, they're very they're very humid. We get very humid summers. Yeah, I never escape that in Mississippi. It's fucking. Like, you walk out and it's like having a, a wet flannel just on your face. Um, <laughs> and where I live, I could quite literally have a wet flannel on my face because that's the kind of thing my friend flannel would do. But I was making the same joke in my head and I was, I was just having... <laughs> like, if you heard that quiet giggle before you said that joke, it was me being like, <laughs> a wet flannel on your face. Oh, oh, oh that would be haunting. Um, but again, something you'd probably do. Uh, what... Do we want to talk about? Can, can, can we start talking about that thing that, like, I, I kind of want to talk about? Well, you want to talk about... It's, yeah, it's, it's been a bit, bit of time coming. Uh, you, you've then, been personally um, not involved with the game, but because you've had no involvement with the game, but at least with the story <laughs> of the game, it's personal. Uh, I've, I've sort of floated in the in the periphery of this game for yeah, a while. You've been around <laughs> it. You've been you've been near it. Um, it's Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Is that the? That's that is the title. That every time on. I say it, I I find it a really 
it's a really tough mouthful of words to say in one go. It feels like, like it's it, wrong. It always feels like yeah. you're saying it in the wrong order, no matter what well, you say. The problem is, is I can do it as two separate parts. Mario plus rabbits. That's yeah. fine. Kingdom battle. That's fine. I can't get the cadence right to say out loud, Mario plus rabbits kingdom battle. Kingdom battle? I don't know how to place the emphasis correctly on the, the word kingdom when I do it as one sentence. It sounds like it's the title of two different games. Like, it does yeah, sound like it's two, two titles. Titles together, and we have to pick up the pieces. We have to deal with it. Well, judging we by the, the fonts, judging by the fonts on the box, it's three game titles put together because, like, Mario is one font, Rabbids is a uh. second font, and Kingdom Battle is a third because. I guess their graphic designers just couldn't decide on a unified font. You never want to fuck around with multiple fonts. You've got to be careful. Like, you, you, you do two, and that's, that's all right. Once you start getting into more than two, you've got to be careful. <laughs> People won't know how to say the name of your game, for one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, I've been trying to do, like, a playthrough of it, and I've recorded, like, a bunch of uh, videos so far, and every time I try and introduce, like, hey, it's another episode of Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and I just can't quite make my mouth say it in a way that feels correct. And I've tried to say it a lot of times, and it still doesn't sound right. It's a weird game title. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh... So I, sh I should probably acknowledge before I say any of my, any of my thoughts on this game, like there's going to be a certain amount of like take my thoughts on this game with a grain of salt because I have a personal history with this game because like I was the first person to talk about a lot of the stuff going on with this game before it was released. And as such, I had a very up and down like, oh, you invented this game. It didn't exist. Oh, it does exist. Ah, and, you know... I, I'll share my thoughts as honestly as, a, as as I can, but I don't blame anyone that takes them with a pinch of salt. Of like, I have some baggage on this game. Yeah. It's all right. Like that. That's what. That's my initial thoughts on it. I played it a bit. Um, I, I hear it gets better and better, but like, it's all right. What I've played so far it looks like a pretty standard turn-based strategy thing. It's cute. It's colourful. It's mm. it's all right. But what do you reckon on it? My my general thought on it right now is it's more difficult than I expected. Um, I did not expect the difficulty to ramp up quite as much as it did. Like, you know, you look at the presentation and you feel like it's going to be like kids first XCOM. I got to maybe like the first mid boss and started dying a couple of times and was like, oh, mm, OK, yeah, I need to actually like not just brute force my way through this. Which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. I think. I think overall, my big thought on it so far is that like, it is basically mechanically something like an XCOM, but simplified down to the point that its systems are relatively easy to understand from the offset. Like, there's not too many complicated things to learn, and the thing that really like for me elevates it is the personality and the humor in the characters. Like, I think. I think it would have been just like, okay, this is a, you know, this is a strategy RPG turn-based thing. But I'm consistently being impressed by how they've taken the rabbits that are really a character I could not stand and have turned them into functional caricatures that actually feel like they're exaggerated for a purpose rather than just... I don't know, I tried to write about this a bit yesterday. My thoughts on the rabbits up until this game were just... 
what annoyed me about them is that they were indistinct. Like, you could never tell in a scene which rabbit was which. They just screamed unintelligibly, and it was just rapid fire, how many toilet jokes can we throw at you? Like, how much lol so random slapstick can we throw? Mm-hmm. And there's there's none of that present here, because I think the lesson they learned is the exaggerated way they try and set up the rabbits isn't inherently bad. That just needs to not be the whole characterization of them. Yeah. And by giving them other traits to wrap around that exaggerated energy, I feel like there's some like actually memorable characters from the rabbits, which I did not see coming. Yeah, well they've always had that potential. Like I've I've always kind mm. of I've never really liked their games. But the character yeah. itself of the rabbit as it is, is I always thought there's something obnoxiously cute about them. Like they are annoying, yeah. but I've I found them somewhat adorable at the same time. So I've never mm. hated them. But this game, um, at least from what I've seen, is certainly doing a, a, a decent job of giving them more of a sense of personality and, and social structure and like the idea that the first thing at least the non-corrupted ones do when they get to the Mushroom Kingdom is just start building weird shit and filling it with trophies and collectibles and things. Um, <laughs> it's just cute that, that the first thing they want to do is just make their own little rabid buildings and things. They, they um, just want to add their little spin of like slightly chaotic, yeah, yeah. colourful design to everything, which is kind of endearing. Yeah, like that whole aspect is good. Um, I'm still not sure what I think about... like. Uh, rabid Luigi and Rabid Peach and all these spin-offs just because sometimes it looks like they're trying a bit too hard to give them unique personalities which comes off a little too in my face uh, but I definitely uh, agree with you when it's um, without all of the characterization we're looking at a very simple um, you know XCOM for children it's it's Ex- not except, got bells except, and whistles except the difficulty is like <laughs> I I don't see many kids getting through this without using easy mode. Gotcha. Yeah, they do uh, uh, heavily promote easy mode. That's like front and every, center every time a match starts. Every single match, it pops up. Do you want to do easy mode? And the problem is, is that um, the times that I find myself failing on missions are generally like big boss missions that have cutscenes before them. Right. And the skip cutscene button is the same as the activate easy mode button. So there have been a few times already I've accidentally activated easy mode and had to restart the battle to not activate easy mode. How does that work? Is it you can't skip a cutscene without it being easy mode? No, no, no. It's just it's the, it's the same button. So like I'm mashing Y oh, to try and like skip the cutscene, right? And it skips the cutscene, and then I accidentally once. pressed Y one too many times. Gotcha. So it's like no easy mode activated. I understand. Um, yeah, that's that's a shame. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have I have some problems with it. There are some things that really have been frustrating me. Not not enough that like I'm not enjoying it, but they're things that keep annoying me and I keep being aware of and just being like, Ugh, I'm not happy with this. Um, mm-hmm. The big one for me is the camera. Uh, I don't like the inconsistency with when you can move the camera and how you can move the camera. Uh, sometimes it locks the camera into set angles for no discernible reason. Uh, sometimes it allows you to move the camera, but only in 45 degree left and right in- increments. Sometimes it gives you full camera control. Uh, most of the time it won't let you pan the camera up or down, which 
can limit your ability to see what well, things that, that you're trying to see in the environment. Because so it, far, yeah. I, I, I haven't reached a point where I can't do, at least I can't get the camera where I need it to. But I've definitely had to use, like move that camera around. And I don't mm. normally like doing that in anything strategic, anything with an overview, because I lose where the fuck I am because I've got a horrible yeah. sense of direction. But even with that, I've had to manipulate the camera just in the yeah. first couple of battles so just the, to see the, what's going on. The point for me where it started to become irritating at times, and like it was never a barrier to being able to do anything. It just it frustrated me because I kept moving my hand thinking like, it feels like I should be able to move this camera this direction to get a better view. And sometimes whatever direction I was trying just wasn't an option. Um, mm -hmm. It's when you start getting verticality in the levels and when you start dealing with like, oh, you do extra damage by shooting from the high ground, that sometimes if you're down on the lower level of a, of a map and there are people on a higher elevated platform than you, it can sometimes be difficult to line the camera up properly to see them. Plus, like, when you're not in battle, there's a lot of, like, hidden collectibles hidden around. And it frustrates me that I can't move the camera to get a better look around to try and, like, look out for those things. Yeah, yeah. It makes, makes me wonder if that's why sometimes the camera doesn't work. It's just yeah. to fuck with your interface to hide things. Probably, but, like, I continually, like, I'll try and move the camera, and not only does it not move, but it shows, like, a big flashing red camera a camera icon in the top left to be like, you can't move your camera right now. And that's, like, it's never been enough to make me not enjoy what I'm doing, but it just is, like, uh, mm, that sort of, like, you know when you sort of push up against an issue and you're like, uh, oh, this is annoying. Yeah. It, it just consistently is a low-level annoyance. But it's the biggest annoyance I've had with the game so far, which mm -hmm. speaks to something. Like, I I think it's a really enjoyable game, and it's a really nice addition to the platform. It's, I'm enjoying yeah. it more than I expected. Not sure if it's worth 80 bucks. Is that is it 80 bucks for you over there? Oh, this is a new thing I'm doing, and I just did that on purpose to draw attention to it, is I'm wrapping up the season pass in with the MSRP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was me being a cat licking my that's, own hand that's and you, preening that's myself That's doing your special preening thing. Yes. <laughs> so um, I, I've not picked up the season pass because I don't know what the... like. I want to finish the story and see whether the, the additional story content is something I would want. Yeah. Like, for Plus now, pre I... pre-ordering DLC yeah. still seems really silly to me. It, it and, does, yeah. And considering, like, I got the... Se I got. I eventually got the season pass for Battlefront, like, after all the content had come out, and the season pass was, like, $10. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yeah. what you do. Just fucking wait. Like, wait exactly. till the DLC comes out, then the season... I... Or get the Game of the Year edition, because yeah. those things always happen. Not I... so much with Nintendo, mm. but... Like, the only thing on the season pass for this that I was in any way interested in is the additional story content, and that only depends on, like, having not finished it yet, my I'm thinking, like, if there's additional story content, does that mean that this story doesn't wrap up in a clean way that, like, is the conclusion of the story? Yeah, Ubisoft has, has had a history of that. They've done that before, where they've... Uh held what feels like a real ending to a game back as yeah. DLC. Yeah, so that's that's something, like, I want to finish and get a sense of, is that what's going on before mm -hmm. I judge this? Because if it feels like it concludes in a nice, tidy way, 
I don't mind a few months from now picking up some more content for this game. Sure, sure. I mean, that's that's how DLC should work, really. Yeah. But it's it, it isn't anymore because it, it isn't. Yeah, because sixty bucks is not the price of a game. It's sixty bucks plus whatever they want to charge for a season pass yeah. if you want the full thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, even for what it is, like right now, it's if if we go with sixty sixty dollars. Uh, I don't know yet. But I am very early in, yeah. so we'll, we'll see if like, I feel like that was money well spent. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm coming up to like, I'm, I'm a couple of couple of worlds in. I've put a decent amount of time into it already, and I would say, other than the camera that I'm a little unhappy with, I feel like it's very polished. Like I, I am impressed by knowing that this was developed by Ubisoft, they have done a very good job of capturing a Nintendo feel for this. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel notably un-Nintendo. No, no, they, they, they've sort of, even down to the writing, like, they've kept, mm. everything has that proper sense of Nintendo tweeness to it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the thing, like, I, I like how they've incorporated certain Mario elements into... Uh, the the game without changing what the gameplay is like you know something as simple as just picking up red coins which you do yeah. in a Mario platformer here you know it's between battles where you're just wandering around the connective map tissue and they throw in some red coins for you to pick up and little pipes that go to places so they've kind of taken a lot of familiar Mario stuff and fitted it quite well into yeah. this perspective and, and, and structure I I'm I'm also really impressed with how well like all of their new character designs like i know that you have your sort of uh the character personalities are not so subtle and uh, yeah i'm not you, so, you know, i'm just you, not sold on yeah, them yet so that's, I'm giving that's them a fair chance. but like just from a visual standpoint i really love like the visual design of a lot of the the characters in this uh mm -hmm. like very minor spoilers um the first mid boss you come up against in in world one is a combination piranha plant and rabbit and i think it's called something like a pirabid and it's gorgeous it's such a well-designed enemy that like it it's it's really nice just visually how they've put together recognizable mario iconography and melded it with rabid stuff in a way that still feels like it fits within the mario universe which reminds me, you saying that, like, it must be weird for Ubisoft to work on something that is actually iconic. Yeah, and They no. have actually iconic <laughs> things to use here. And I don't think they've even said the word once today. Like, well, I say today, I mean, like, throughout the whole Mario yeah. Rabbids thing. They can actually say it and it works this time and they didn't take the shot. Yeah, they have actual memorable iconography here. <laughs> oh, uh. that's Ubisoft for you. But yeah, game yeah. looks all right. Yeah, it's no, pretty. I'm... I, it's very pretty, and I'm enjoying it so far. I, I, I think that this is it, it's really nice to see a a Nintendo property being used for something that feels very Nintendo, developed by someone else, and is very unlike anything Nintendo normally puts out. It's a nice yeah. it's nice to see them branch out a bit. Well, it was like when uh, Ma the Mario and Luigi games happened. It was it's just it's nice to see Mario do something new, even if it's mm. old. Like, you know, we've we've seen turn-based strategy games, and Mario's yeah. been in RPGs before, before the Superstar stuff, but yeah. after so much of, you know, either Mario Kart, Mario Party, or traditional Marios, uh, it is nice to see all that, you mm. know, quote-unquote iconic stuff 
repurposed for brand new uh, yeah. ideas and, and, and new... And, and, and this works really well on the Switch as well. Like, yeah. the, the turn-based strategy is the perfect sort of thing you can have on the Switch at any time. Yeah. And what I will say is, like, I, I haven't finished it yet, so I can't give any kind of definitive thoughts, but I want to see Nintendo do more things like this. Like, the idea of them letting big AAA studios tackle their properties in this kind of way and say, like, look, do something new with our property that, like, that feels Nintendo, but is, you know, whatever you want to do. I want to see more stuff like this, because Nintendo's franchises, they do have a habit of re-releasing the same sort of thing without much variance, and it's nice to see these franchises given to companies that are able to try something new with them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'd totally be up for, like, I don't know, a, a Capcom, Zelda, or a... Act Activision, Metroid. Those are terrible examples, but you see my general point. <laughs> I can't think of what would be good examples, but <laughs> uh, Nintendo, you can work it out. You'll f- you'll find someone good to to handle these. Yeah. So so anyway, that's good. Yeah. It's a, it's it, it seems good so far, and that's there, that's that. That that's that. Laura was right. Laura knew about <laughs> it first. There we go. Uh, both done. Um. Yeah, what else we got on the list today? Uh, oh, we do have some interesting Switch news that I feel like you might have some opinions on this. Mm-hmm. So, you know how if you want to do voice chat on the Switch, you have to get a dongle that connects <laughs> your phone and the Switch together and then plug the headset into that and your voice chat runs through the phone and your game audio through the Switch? It is very and, convenient and a yeah. good idea. Indeed, and the only way to do voice chat on the Switch. Oh no, actually, it's not the only way to do voice chat on the Switch. Nintendo just doesn't want to let you do it in a simple way. So, if you play Splatoon 2 in LAN multiplayer, so you, you know, you share a router, you connect all your Switches up in, like, one house, it turns out you can do voice chat by just plugging a headset into the Switch's headset port and not using an app. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just plug your headset in, and the voice chat works. And it works how you would imagine it would work. You can chat in the lobbies. You can chat during co-op. You can chat with each other by just plugging a headset in and not needing a dongle or a smartphone app. Oh, that's rich. That's capital. I like that. Yep. So, like, Splatoon 2 does have the functionality to let you just plug in a headset and do voice chat. Nintendo just decided not to let you. Because Nintendo... Yeah, because Nintendo is Nintendo. Can we can we work out why Nintendo d- did this? No, like I'm not. I I could try, but I really feel like I'd hurt myself. Like like I would actually damage portions of my brain because yeah. I can't think like that. I've tried. So, I can't think like a Nintendo executive. I don't know if real people can. <laughs> I've I've been trying to reason this out for a while, and I don't know if I can. But like. The closest I've got is Nintendo obviously must realise that using this smartphone app is not the ideal way to do voice chat for anyone who's serious about video games. Anybody this reasonable is... would assume that, yes. They'd yeah, assume this... that Nintendo should know. Yeah. Well, this is presumably why they put simple voice chat into LAN mode, is for like serious people doing tournament play, I would imagine, to be able to talk with their team easily 
without talking to the other team. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so you understand that core gamers want to have easy voice chat with their team? Yeah. Fine. The problem then comes, okay, clearly there was something about... Something about the general populace who are not, like, tournament-level players that they knew they would be inconveniencing them, but they thought there was something important to gain by forcing them to use the app. So what what are they trying to get out of people using the app I mean... that is, is, like, not such an important thing that they're like, okay, we can let the tournament people not do this. I mean, there's, there's, there's got to... There's got to be obvious benefit to having Nintendo stuff installed on your phone. I mean, they could use that for pushing notifications and advertising things. Um, they, they could use... They, having Nintendo stuff on your phone is probably beneficial to them. That's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because but it's, even it's, like, not even, it's not even like they're doing anything good with the app. Currently, the app no, only is there for voice chat. But but it might be like a sleeper cell thing. Like, it's it's keep it in there so I can activate it later with a code word. Um, and it's the only thing I can think of, is having more Nintendo software on more phones is just something for Nintendo to have in its pocket. Yeah, but, but it also... Because the other thing is, it's like... The logic you you present of um, of them doing it for tournament or people that just don't want to talk to the other team, like that makes sense. But there's software that can do that. Like Xbox Live has a whole party function. Yeah, like, well, that's... this problem was solved. It didn't need Nintendo yeah. to solve it with a worse solution. It it is bizarre, and I don't entirely understand it. Uh, it's it's Nintendo being Nintendo and being obtuse when they have the technical ability to not be. Like, the only other reason is they do it on purpose. Like, they just deliberately, they're like, this will just fuck them up. Let's do this for a laugh. <laughs> It'll get people talking. That's, you know, all, <laughs> all news is good news. Uh, also, like, a piece of news has just broken while we're doing the show. Um, so Sonic Mania came to PC, like, yesterday or today or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, put, uh, I just put up a video about this one. Oh, yeah. So the fact that uh, the game came out and it's got De Novo, is De that Nuvo. what it's called? I think De it's Nuvo. De Nuvo. I think that's yeah. how you pronounce it. The, the bit of, the bit of DRM of that no one, no one likes on PC that, like, locks down your game. And when Sonic Mania came out on PC with De Novo, De Novo, whatever it's called... You couldn't play it offline. Nope. Like a classic retro style, you know, platformer. Oh, this whole thing. This whole thing has been a shit show. Like it came out, couldn't play it offline, which of yeah. course turned heads. And in, uh, Seiko was all like, oh, this is a bug. It was always supposed to be played offline. All right, whatever. Uh, yeah. But then it turns out it's not listed anywhere on the store page. Yeah. Which again, they, they've apologised for. Yeah, they didn't mention you. the offline or the de novo, de nouveau. Yeah. De nouveau. <laughs> and um, even worse, people can't fucking refund the game because... Oh, I didn't know this bit. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to pre-orders. People pre-ordered Sonic Mania. Uh, they were gifted a copy of the first Sonic the Hedgehog game on PC. Yeah. And Steam counted that as the point of purchase. And that oh, was, and it yeah. gifted it like two weeks two ago, didn't weeks it? Two weeks ago. <gasps> now, oh, that's sneaky. A cynical man would say... Oh, no, I'm that... going to be the cynic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a cynical uh. person would say that they did this on purpose. And 
The only reason I'm going to keep saying it is because if you're using Denuvo in your game, you are publicly advertising that you do not give a fuck about your audience. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume the worst in everything you do. Uh, because mm. if you use Denuvo, you are capable of the worst. So, yeah, I'm just going to assume the worst and assume they gave everyone Sonic 1 as a trick two weeks ago so they can't <laughs> refund it. So they can't um, find it, yeah. uh, refund it when they find out about the Denuvo. So there is Don't a, pre-order uh, games. Like, okay. I, <laughs> I've always, I've always been. I'm, I'm not like um, some people who are like really on the. I hate all pre-orders and everyone who does them. But it's getting to the point where it's getting harder and harder to say anything. But just don't ever yeah. fucking pre-order so, the fucking thing. So we've just got an update from Sega about four minutes ago on this. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm just gonna read their statement and like you just shout when it sounds like they're lying to cover their ass. All right. Okay. We'd like to thank the community for their honest feedback Lying. with... Lying! They do not. They would not like to thank them. Lie! <laughs> with Carry regards on. to Sonic Mania on PC. We found the problem within the game code that was stopping people playing offline, and it's being corrected now by the dev team. The fix uh, is being yeah. tested by Sega QA to make sure it's working properly, and we'll let you know when it's being implemented via our social media channels. We've looked into the DRM complaints and can confirm that this was not the cause of the offline play problem. Uh, well, apparently, Denuvo mm -hmm. had been cracked all fucking ready. And yeah. funnily enough, when people stripped it out, they could uh, reportedly play it offline. So, so, so it, maybe, maybe it was Denuvo, perhaps, and maybe they're just... Because I get to this point they where they say we looked into it. the... They might be like going really weasley with it, like, well, yeah. it was Denuvo that caused it, but it's only because it was causing an issue with this other mm. thing that we mm. have removed. But I will repeat that sentence. We've yes. looked into the DRM complaints and can confirm that this was not the cause of the offline play problem. Right. So they're saying Denuvo was not the reason you couldn't play offline. Except people stripped out the Denuvo and you could play offline. Apparently. So yeah, like it, uh, it's seemingly bullshit. Um we apologise for any inconvenience any of the bugs may have caused players on the PC version at launch. We'd like Bullshit, to reassure them again sorry. that with this particular bug, we're on the case and working on fixes so everyone can have an uninterrupted and enjoyable experience both online and off. I hear this and all I hear is just, we put in always online DRM because it's on PC. People got pissed. We're going to blame it on a bug so people forgive <laughs> us. Like... I might be being way too cynical, but that's what I hear. Yeah. I, I mean, I always try and tread a little lightly and, and not go out, like, full bore uh, and, and say that, that yeah. they're genuinely... No, I, I can't, I always try I and can't look like... prove it, but... <laughs> I know, my, I know. I'm just covering our asses. Okay, thank you for um, helping cover our asses. My heart says this feels like bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like bullshit. It, it's just, it's... I, I hate... I, I, I never want to just level an accusation, but it certainly yeah. sounds like at the very least, like, because I, I just don't know how, how, how does that bug happen where you have to play it online? Like, that and just how seems do you like not, to me. If that's a bug, how do you not catch it during testing? Like, that seems like a really easy bug to find during that's testing. There are, there are too many questions. With it being a bug and not something done on purpose, that is sketchier than them doing it on purpose. It's mm. just sketchy and weird. How is, is that a bug? It is weird. Uh, so yeah, I will just put my, my hat in the ring on that whole refunds thing. Yeah, Sega, um, you didn't mention the DRM. 
be aware that you did something a bit shitty and maybe let people have their refunds within two weeks of the actual game releasing yeah. I mean, and not the free gift releasing. It's such a confluence of, of <laughs> seemingly disparate problems that have worked together very conveniently. Or would yes. have if Sega had gotten away with it. Which, <laughs> if they did any of this on purpose, be it the refund, be it the online-offline thing, be it hiding DRM rather than forgetting to put it on the storefront, any one of those things, if they forgot, genuinely did it on purpose, they're fucking idiots, because neither of those are things you can get away with no, without kicking ne- up like a stick. No, Gaff and Reddit are going to realise within minutes of your game being up. Yeah, or like, I'm going to wake up to five fucking emails like I do whenever companies pull this shit. Like, yeah, I am same. notified instantly. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you are as well. Like, I... we wake up and we are inundated. Yeah, no, I, I woke up to multiple emails about this. Like, mm-hmm. it's I get updates on it as the day goes on because, yes. like, people are pissed off and they will tell the press and the press will shout and then everyone will know. You yeah, can't like... keep it quiet. <laughs> So either they are incredibly incompetent and made three weird as fuck mistakes, <laughs> or they are incredibly incompetent and did three horrible things deliberately without realizing they get think caught. That they wouldn't get caught. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's. I don't know which is to... worse. I don't yeah. know which is worse, honestly. It's tough not to look at all of this with just how well these problems all linked. And not see a company that just got its hand caught in the cookie jar and is now trying to explain away why its hand is in there. It just looks way too dodgy. And, oh, and well, if it my, is my all ha- mistakes, then, my, you know, my hand, that's sad. My hand, but... is, my hand is in the cookie jar because I accidentally knocked over the cookie jar and some cookies fell on the floor and I wanted to put them back in the cookie jar. And in order to put them back in, I had to put my hand with the cookie in my hand into the cookie jar. And that's yeah. why my hand is in the cookie jar holding a cookie. Now, I've looked into the cookie jar, and I've yeah. found no evidence that my hand is the reason all those cookies are gone and there are crumbs around my mouth. Yeah, it's just a coincidental thing, you know? Uh, yeah, one in a million chance could happen to anyone, though. Yeah, just just totally unlucky during yeah. during investigation. We didn't find any evidence. Uh, I didn't find any evidence that I ate the cookies. It just happens to happen with a game that... Is very easily piratable because it's a very small game. So you, it's, it, yeah, it it's, kind of that also makes sense why they would work so hard to protect it from pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, try to protect it from pirates because, as we all know by now, DRM doesn't fucking work. Oh no! It you will always get around DRM, like so. It's, it's an inevitability. Yeah, like the last time I remember a, uh, a, any game with some profile using Denuvo, it was Rhyme. And that was cracked in five days, and people kept saying Denuvo was slowing, slowing the game yeah. down for them, and eventually they got rid of it. They they, they pulled Denuvo out of Rhyme. Uh, I, I I would be surprised if if they stick to their guns on Denuvo for too long. If they do, <sighs> this this might end up having to escalate to Jimquisition yeah. material, just because the, like they haven't, mm. as far as I can tell, said anything about the refund thing. Not yeah. yet. The, Not the, the time of talking. Yeah. The only... Uh... The only type of DRM I think legitimately actually works uh, in terms of like trying to stop multiple people from playing a game unpaid is online multiplayer only games where your ability to play the game is locked to your login details and your login is monitored so if you log in from too many locations in too short a period of time 
you are assumed to be sharing your login with other people. Yeah. I think I mean, that is the only effective form of DRM I can think of. Other that... than, like, anything other than that will get worked around in a heartbeat. I mean, Steam itself can act as a form of DRM. Like, mm. like it's already built in. And, and people don't mind because it's on a server. It's all part of a built-in service where it's convenient to buy and download and, and play games. I mean, it's more convenient than ever to get games on PC. Um, piracy will always be around. There will always be people who don't want to pay for things. Mm. But in a lot of cases, as we've seen with the music industry, piracy is combated by companies providing audiences with an easier, more convenient way of acquiring the entertainment yeah. they want. So People will pay for that. I, I saw a perfect example of this the other day. Uh, I came across this on Twitter. Someone asked Notch, of all people, if he still pirates stuff, now that he has all of the money in existence. And his explanation was, yes, I still pirate things when there's no legal or easy way for me to purchase them. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it is this whole thing that, like, no amount of money will change the fact that if it's easier and more convenient for someone to pirate, or they'll get a better experience by pirating, they'll pirate. And the way to combat that is make the, the official legitimate purchasing experience accessible to as many people as possible, and with as little bullshit as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, case in point, S- the SNES Classic. Yeah. Uh, can't get hold of it, can't buy it. Nintendo doesn't want my money is the I, message uh, I've yeah. received. I guess so I'll go I've... buy a Raspberry Pi and load it up with SNES emulator ROMs. Yeah, I did that this week. <laughs> yep. They're, no, I they're... mean, I didn't. I definitely didn't. You definitely didn't. Uh, I'm just so... saying I found an alternative. Uh, I didn't do that. However... Um, there is a shopping centre relatively, like, within driving distance of me that just, like, there's a dodgy game shop that is selling (laughs) 3D-printed SNES SNES Mini Classics that are 3D-printed into a case that looks like a Super NES Classic (laughs) with 3D-printed controllers that work for it for about half the price that you'd get, uh, like, a recommended retail price official one for. Yeah. And you don't have to scalp it off eBay. And I'm like... That's not a legal product to sell. However, you know, if the we legal, tried the legal if, means. if the actual legal product is impossible to purchase, can't say I blame anyone that's interested in picking one up. Shrug tried to play bowl. Tried, tried our best, but you know, if we if you don't like the rules of the game, play a different game. And and we're playing a different game now. If if I went to the dodgy game store and they had SNES classics there next to the 3D printed SNES classic cases, mm. I'd probably buy official because yeah, it I'd would be convenient the... and it would yeah. be there. I'd buy the official. It has the that that nice uh, Star Fox Two on it. That you know it was a nice thing, and I want to support the company. But if that's not an option, yeah. And mm, on the flip side, I yeah. might not be playing the brand new Star Fox game that's on it. Well, the old newly released Star Fox game that's on it. But I will be playing Aladdin. And that's not on <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah, well, if there was and, a... And I won't feel bad yeah, about that. If because... there's no legitimate way to purchase it, I'm not going to judge you. Exactly. <laughs> like, I can't feel too bad about it. Sorry. Uh... But again, if, if Nintendo wants to put on the Switch a fucking Netflix for old games, 
They'll have my money. They will have my money. And there's, I've got an upper limit on what I'd pay for that, but I'd, I'd go fairly high for unfettered access to Nintendo's virtual console library. I would go fairly high for that. Yeah. But in the meantime, my money will go elsewhere. It will go to people who are selling things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, other uh, news this week. Oh, this is a good news story. Uh, the director of Final Fantasy XV, uh, we found out We found out recently it's coming to PC and it's going to support mm-hmm. mods. And uh, the director says he's not going to stop anyone from making <laughs> nude mods. He's just going to, he's going to trust fans to, you know, pay attention to their moral compass. And to oh just, God. he's just going to trust their moral compasses not to do it. There will be nude mods, won't there? No, of course there won't. He trusts their moral compass. <laughs> no one, no one would think that it's moral to to in, engage with nudity. Everyone agrees that's immoral. Oh my god, those beautiful, those beautiful boys! Though they're gonna take their uh, shirts off. They're gonna, they're gonna, they they already take their shirts off in the main game, but they're they're gonna take more than and their shirts yeah. off, and it's gonna be beautiful. Oh it's my gonna, god, it's gonna be naked boy band in a car simulator. I'm gonna see Noctis's mom's pubis. Ah, uh, Noctis, Noctis, just take all of your clothes off, get yeah, in Noctis. that car, and just like drive down the road. Noctis, get your mum's out. Come on, I want to see it. Get, get out your. I don't know Final Fantasy Fifteen well enough to like pull out the name of an iconic sword. Uh, uh get out your Final Fantasy Fifteen sword, Noctis. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see where you'd come at that. Yeah, I like that. That that's my new favourite euphemism for penis. My Final Fantasy Fifteen sword. Ah, oh, that went better than I thought. Uh, that's good. But yeah, yeah. Um, good on the director for being so trusting and naive. I, I, he knows. I, I love that he just. I love. I love the thought that maybe he legitimately does believe it won't happen. And that maybe there's this tiny bit of naivety and, like, innocence in him. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that hasn't been crushed out of you. I'm so sorry for six months from now. I like to imagine that he's giving this interview to someone, like, from... I- I'm not sure who who published it, but they're in the office with them with, a, like, a, a tape recorder. Tape recorder, like it's the 80s. Um, and he's saying it. And then the director of Nier Automata like, headbutts his way into the director of Final Fantasy XV's office with the big moon hat that he's got, the big moon helmet, just nuts his way in and goes, ha! Ha ha! Yeah! Yeah, you're right! They're not going to make nude mods at all! Ha 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 ha! And then he goes back to looking at his 2B porn. Yeah. So that was not the only bit of Final Fantasy XV news this week. There was also, like, a weird crossover that I find... It's a weird idea, but I think it's kind of fascinating from a certain perspective. Final Fantasy XV is getting a crossover with Assassin's Creed for some yeah. reason. Yeah, I I upset people because I did a video on that where I mocked it quite mercilessly and pretended to be sick a lot uh, because it looked so cringy and it, it does awful. look ridiculously cringy. I, it's just yeah. two corporations spunking money in each other's faces. <laughs> but I'm not allowed to criticize it because it's free DLC, and well, apparently, if it's free, it is above reproach. Yeah, because your time has no value, obviously. That and, you know, like, it's not like I was going to bother playing it anyway. Like, no, I just thought but... it was funny to make fun of it and be sick over it. 
But oh god, don't you dare! So, Not so for YouTube I'm, commenters. I'm gonna kind of mock it as well a little bit, like. You know, I'm up for more Final Fantasy 15. This is like, it's a blatant, obvious cash grab. Like, you can see it, like, it's literal banners of, like, Assassin's Festival here's the Assassin's logo. Who um, has an Assassin's Festival, right? Children going to festivals yeah. to celebrate murder, contracted there is, murder. There is nothing about the world of Final Fantasy 15 that leads me to believe that an Assassin's Festival would be a thing. Like, that doesn't <laughs> no. feel fitting in the world. But... But I find this interesting from a certain perspective, which is this is a crossover between two different publishers. Mm -hmm. And that's not a thing we have often. Not often. Because this is this um, is what Square Enix and Ubisoft both agreeing yeah. to work on something for free. That's the thing, yeah, for mm. free. Um I mean obviously that they wouldn't like people who say it's free? It's like it's not like it's altruistic. They're not doing no, this they're, out of generosity. They're trying it's to like you know reinfo reinforce the fact that the like my assumption is that like Ubisoft are footing the bill so that like people who play Final Fantasy fifteen will be reminded that Assassin's Creed is a thing just in time for when the next Assassin's yeah. Creed comes out. Well, there's a there's a reason why EA uh, does like very light crossovers with its own IP. You know, you can get like Dead Space's costume. Uh, like done up as armor. I think it was Dragon Age Two that did that, um, mm. and it, they've done that before. Like the IP of another game will have armor pieces in yeah, other EA but, games because it's cross promotion. But that it's... makes it makes sense when it's cross promotion within your own work. It's I can't think of another example where it's cross promotion with another company's game and both. No, no, because well... like I feel like Ubisoft is getting a lot out of. Like, I try to work out who's getting what out of this, and the best I can guess is Ubisoft is probably footing the bill, and they get, like, mindshare of, like, oh, it's free DLC, so people will play it, they'll be reminded about Assassin's Creed, and that's good for when our game comes out. And it's probably good for Square Enix, because it's free additional content for their game that they didn't have to pay to develop, perhaps? Yeah, well, I, no matter who's paying, I think that... Yeah. The benefits to both are pretty clear. It, it, it mm. is, I mean, cross-promotion is cross-promotion. I mean, it's no different than me getting, uh, like, Angry Joe to do a little aside or Pro Jared to do an aside in the Jimquisition, um, you know, which, which I've done before. Uh, it, it gets attention for both in the end. Uh, two different audiences are both talking about the same thing uh, that benefits both companies. It's it's the implementation because because one person was like, oh, what is it, Jim? You've got no you've got a problem with this free DLC, but you've got no problem with a sixty dollar game that's the same thing. And it's like no Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is a game that is quite charming and uh, a, a unique original idea that doesn't feel as cynical as it probably is. I mean, yeah. there's obviously, like, Ubisoft and Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo's done very well with crossovers. Like, I think they're the company that plays ball with with anyone more than anyone else. Um, you know, mm. they, they work with, with Koei to do the, the different Warriors games and, and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, they love crossovers. Uh, and I like crossovers. Like, I like crossovers as a thing. Like, yeah. my dream is for, like, Capcom and well, used to be for Capcom and Konami to do um, like some sort of action game hybrid so I can get like Devil May Cry and Resident Evil and Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid like because they have very similar um, like their IP occupies similar genres 
So mm-hmm. they'd have awesome crossovers, I think. Uh, and there's been some really interesting crossover RPGs before. Uh, I like them. What I find distasteful is, as we've explained, like the Assassin's Festival and Noctis and Friends cosplaying as Assassin's yeah. Creed. It's the, it's the naked... It's the, the trying to pretend it's not an obvious marketing crossover. Yes. It's the it's fact they're trying to pretend cringing. that's not what it is. Because, um, yeah, like, I guess the reason why it doesn't annoy me in Kingdom Battle is that that at least was its own dedicated product that created a narrative conceit in its opening as to why this was going on. It's like, okay, we have char- we have a set of characters in the Rabbids that are over the top and can travel between like through time and dimensions that's like an ex- like an existing thing here's the mario universe which has never been too thematically like consistent it's you know changed to be whatever it needs to be for that yeah. game and they always come and, up with like they did yeah. with with this one like it's oh they they went into a poster yeah. they or, come or the up smash with, brothers thing they come up with like a conceit or a gimmick that ties it together and they really committed to being like, this is what this product is. It is these two things working in tandem. Rather than tacking on a highly transparent, hey, buy Assassin's Creed into a game that, like, definitely that was not what the game was about. Yeah. And like, I think the, the yeah. IP involved has an effect. Like, part of why I, I rolled my eyes so hard at this is because it's Assassin's Creed. And, and it's not just, like, bias against the series, which, you know, I've said has, has managed to get better and better as it goes on to the point where I actually think modern Assassin's Creed games are quite good. Um, it's, it's such an exposed milked franchise. And Final Fantasy is such an exposed milked franchise. And Final Fantasy XV is well on its way to overshadowing Final Fantasy XIII with regards to, wow, they really aren't letting this fucking thing go, are they? So it was a confluence of those elements that make me look at this and think, oh, oh, that makes me feel queasy. As opposed to Mario uh, plus Rabbids Kingdom Hearts, which I look at and think, oh, that's weird, but I've not seen anything quite like that before. Yeah. I'll give it a chance. I, I, I would be less bothered if it, this was something like a full game that was called Final Assassin or something like that, and it was, here is your four-person turn-based Final Fantasy Assassin's Creed. Final Fantasy Assassin's Creed, yeah. And you, you're a four-person JRPG team, t- turn-based battles, but you're doing it as assassins, so you're switching up your like turn-based moveset to do more sneak-based yeah. things. Like if that was what this was, and they were, hell, you like, know what? Even if it yeah. was just, oh, we fell through a portal, and now we're in pirate times. Exactly. It's we accidentally did the animus wrong, and instead of loading up bit history, someone put their Final Fantasy 15 copy in the animus, and you, we accidentally <laughs> sent you. That's back. awesome, actually. Yeah, we accidentally because. Isn't that the cons- like I've, I've lost yeah. track about Assassin's Creed? Isn't the conceit at this point that whatever the company's name is make video games out of the anime? Abstergo. Abstergo. Uh, they're they're, a, they're Abstergo, a game developer yeah. now, right? I yeah. think I never pay attention to that. Yeah. Bit. Like I, I, I rush through so I can get to the. Yeah. No, game, that that they've... was the thing because like one of the Assassin's Creed was basically set in like the Ubisoft offices. Yeah. I, yeah, like it's it's sort of like a total recall thing. Yeah. I think that they're doing. So uh, where you can publicly. Yeah, that's that's uh, how that's how you do it. Is you you 
don't make this a Final Fantasy XV thing, you make it an Assassin's Creed thing, where someone accidentally had their copy of Final Fantasy XV in the computer, and then ran the Animus program, and oh no, I accidentally went to Final Fantasy times, I have to assassin now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I I don't want to keep banging on about the response to the video, because <laughs> I, n generally, one, like, that was days ago. And as soon as I've put a new video up, I stop worrying about yeah. the last thing I did. But I was just blown away by the amount of people who thought that because something was free, you couldn't create... Or just, like, mis misunderstood my problem. Like, I think when both of us say we're bothered by this, we're not grabbing pitchforks and torches. Like, it's just... It's something tacky. And, yeah, very easily ignorable. And, yeah, free... But it's not above reproach. And when I just see something so awkward and ham-fisted, like, it's clumsy. It, and that's why I, I, I look at it and go, bleh, because it's yeah. so clumsy. It's just, it just seems like the, they, it feels like they could have put more effort into creating a more interesting conceit for why this was going on. Yeah, like, and again, like, it's harmless. I fully agree. It's yeah, harmless. it's harmless. But that doesn't mean I can't look at it and and, and just say, oh, it, God, that it, is It can so simultaneously be gauche. harmless and ridiculous. It can be harmless yes. and ridiculous at once. I, I, I fully agree. I do not think it is harmful, but I yeah. do think it is corporations chipping money in each other's faces, <laughs> and it makes me feel a little queasy. Uh... What one more bit of news we have on the topic list this week? Did you see the uh, the video of the KFC VR training game that's been floating oh around this God, week? Oh God, I'm so I can't I can't with <laughs> KFC anymore. Like I watched SummerSlam a couple weeks ago, and it was bad enough that I had to see Shawn Michaels, the legend, the heartbreak kid, come out to his music dressed as Colonel Fucking Sanders <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> Just prance about a bit, do his little pose with his arms up. Not even any pyro, didn't even have fireworks for him. Just, it's all going on, sexy boy! And he's dressed up, looking old, like Colonel fucking Sanders. And I just wanted to throw up. And yeah, yeah, adverts for KFC are free, so I guess I shouldn't criticise it. But I can't with KFC anymore. Like, all of the commercials they've ever done for WWE, or at least this year when I've been watching, have been, like, so cringy. Like, I, I, I would agree that my response to Final Fantasy Assassin's Creed is unwarranted when compared to the shameless displays that are WWE, res sorry, superstars responding to KFC in scripted the thing with Enzo and Big Cass uh, I think it was Royal Rumble this year with their KFC with him doing his sub like Enzo's annoying anyway but Jesus Christ put Enzo in the same room as a KFC lucky bucket and you so, oh do you do you know the conceit of this VR training game I don't I only saw okay. headlines this morning get get ready for this because okay. the conceit Braced. is beautiful um it's basically the movie saw but as an officially licensed <laughs> training tool for, like, new employees at KFC. Are you a chicken trying to stop your beak being cut No, off? no, not quite. So, um, you, you... Basically, Colonel Sanders locks you in a room and he tells you you'll be trapped <laughs> here for all eternity if you can't make some really good chicken. <laughs> and if you can't make the chicken right, you're, you're going to be trapped in Colonel Sanders' like, trap room... Saw trap room forever. <laughs> 
Listen up, son. I want to play a game. Yeah, he... Yeah, it, it is legitimately, like, he uses the phrase, like, he talks about how you'll never leave if you can't <laughs> make the chicken right. Like You can't make me like, a single family meal. You're gonna die in here, boy. You can't just go... You know, I, it turns out I'm not cut out for making chicken. I, I'm, I'll, I'll go home. It's like, nah, you're yeah. trapped here forever. You failed to make the chicken. I mean, a, a, a devastating critique, I think, of the fast food industry <laughs> and the way it treats its employees. So I'm just trying to think, like, why is this a thing that exists? Because surely you can just train with actual chicken. Um, like, what? Why? It worked for Rocky. Yeah. Why did you not develop? Why did you develop a game when you could just? teach people to make chicken using actual chicken i think i think that comes down to the old classic um this is one of those cases where i think it's quite obvious that it's because we're talking about it yeah. right now oh exactly like trying to be non-cynical like i tried to think of a legitimate reason for it and the the best i could come up with is vr does offer some uh, vr video game stuff does offer some benefits in terms of like one of the things in this demo is you have to like inspect the chicken and make sure that you know everything's okay with it and with a virtual version of this you can guarantee that there will be like x number of things to spot in every batch of chicken and make mm -hmm. sure that people are tested on it you can do head tracking and eye tracking and check like how much attention are people paying where is their focus while they're going through this how much you know effort are they putting into this there are probably legitimate things you could get beneficially out of this but i think like i think that that is far more uh i'm giving them far more credit than they deserve <laughs> and yeah it, I mean, you know it, it's just because they want us to talk about it and i did talk about it because it's terrifying colonel sanders locking <laughs> you in a room um yeah i mean what it seems like is you could make a cheap browser game and get no attention or you can make a cheap VR game. Because it's not like you're going to put something out on the PS4 or the Xbox One or the Switch if you're KFC. But just putting out a, a browser game on your own website, that's not going to get you much attention. But you can make a VR game on the cheap and still get attention, even if it looks shoddy. Uh, I've not seen the game, but even if it, it is it a, looks, a shoddy thing... It looks pretty high production value. It yeah, doesn't okay. look ropey. I was going to say, even if it did look ropey, the fact that it's a KFC game on VR, yeah. that's spicy enough for a headline. Oh, it uh, is. The fact that they've, yeah, the fact that they're, they're putting the quality up beyond that is, uh, you know, that's that's fine. That's gravy. But I think that's that's the reason, is VR gives corporations a new way to put out stuff without having to go like the Burger King route with the old yeah. Xbox 360 games. That's a lot. You've got to get things rated. You've got to get yeah. things certified. If, if you can hide this as basically like, no, we made it for, you know, real reasons, the non-cynical reasons. If you can like, if you can have plausible deniability that you might have made this for legitimate reasons, that is the way to get people talking. Yeah, and, and VR cuts through a lot of red tape that you've got to use otherwise if they were to go through other methods. VR gets you headlines, because it's VR and VR still get, generates headlines, without the same kind of costs associated with putting out a, a KFC game. Yeah. So it's quite clever on their part. It's, yeah. it, it's a devious little scheme and, and you know... 
KFC can be pretty shitty, yeah. but this was a clever marketing move from them. It was a clever marketing move. It's not something I'll ever bother playing, but hey, I, I don't Santa's know. Jigsaw. There, there is a little bit of me that legitimately was thinking, like, how difficult would it be to apply for a job at KFC, <laughs> uh, get to this training thing, bail out, and be the only games journalist with a hands-on review of this game? Yeah. That, that yeah, feels I, like a I, thing that's achievable, right? <laughs> It's got it. It's gonna go public. Like that. That might be part of the whole thing. Is get the attention, get the people talking. People are gonna start wanting to play it. People are gonna be like, "Hey, KFC, I want to play the chicken murder game. Uh, can I play the the terrifying, trapped in a house uh, by the colonel chicken torture game?" And KFC will be like, "Yeah, okay. Here it is." Download it on our website. I, I have just thought of the perfect name for our um our, our jigsaw uh, hybrid with Colonel Sanders. He's, yeah. he's Colonel Saunders. Oh, that's good. You see, I was mm. going. I was thinking of Jig Sanders, but Saunders is good. Yeah, I think because that that's a proper play on words. I, I think that is as good as we're gonna get. Uh, <laughs> and look, look at that. We did an hour. I think I think we're, we we did an hour. Speaking we, we of as good as you're gonna thing. get. <laughs> We we did it. We did we did a good podcast. Yeah, we we could do questions and stuff, but we're not going to do them today because I've got to go take my cat to the vet. Yeah, you got a vet cat. She's she's a bit, I don't know why she's, I said she's got a, a bit, vet cat. <laughs> she's a bit poorly. Got got to go make sure she doesn't you know, in too bad, in too ill. Yeah, we had the same thing recently. We had to take out a cat because she's been sneezing a whole bunch. Um, so I hope your cat's okay. I hope so too. She's been a, we've been a little bit worried about her the last couple of days. Yeah. So okay, fingers well, good crossed. Luck. Good luck with the kitty, and we will let you get on now. Ooh. So if you would like to tell the uh, the lovely children who are listening uh, where they can see more of your stuff on the internet. Me and my stuff. You can see all of the things I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, where I'm doing a full Let's Play of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom battle. You can find me uh, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 UK on Kotaku UK, which is where most of my long form features go now. Uh, you know, I reviewed a, a, a Final Fantasy fourteen pizza last week, and uh, I did a big long retrospective on Deus Ex a year after it came out. So go go read my stuff over there, and tell te- right. tell the people that run that site that I'm awesome and that I do a good job <laughs> and that they should continue to to think I'm good. I I think that as well. I do agree with that. Like if Rich Stanton No Relation is listening, <laughs> like keep her on, yeah. Like you've. You made a smart move by hiring her. <laughs> like, don't don't fuck it up, yeah. Don't don't Sonic Mania this, mate. Um, thank you all for listening to Podquisition and supporting the Dreamquisition as always. Um, thank you so much for the the recent uh, episodes. Your responses to those they've been uh, uh, really encouraging. Um, seeing uh, the the reactions to that, um, quite surprised that I did a video on Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and did not uh, get shit all over by the fan base. But then again. Uh, I hear, according at least to the unofficial Jim Sterling subreddit, that the player Unknown Battlegrounds um, subreddit is not uh, approving any posts about my Jimquisition to (laughs) to be published on the front page. So that might be why I've been protected from the fan base, but uh, (laughs) there you go. Um, Otherwise, I think that's it, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, as always. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. There we go.